Welcome back to Aldi's Mamiya and Me series podcast. This episode, I'm talking to a friend of mine. She's an actress. She's a producer. She's now writing her own stuff. She's a mummy of three. She's Victoria Smurfit. Let me introduce you. So we know each other from the acting world. I think the first time, first time I ever met you was, was. on Cynic when yeah. you, uh, and I think you had just had, you have three yeah. kids. You have, are they all teenagers yeah, now? Yeah, they no. are. Is, is Flynn yeah. a teenager? How old is he? Don't say no. much. <laughs> 13, 14. He's 13 and a half and wow. he's taller than me. And he reminds me every day that he's taller than me. And you're not, me. you're tall. Tallish, yeah. 5'8". He's about 5'11 now. Oh my gosh. At 13 and a half, he's, yeah. he's going he's gonna to get tall. Oh, I know. I have to buy him new shoes pretty much every two weeks. So Ridiculous. he's 13 years and a half. That means I know you 13 years because you had, I think Flynn was about six months old when I first met you. And oh, yeah. you had just had your thir- third baby, which is Flynn. And um, I remember you rocked onto set in a, <laughs> in a bodycon dress. And I don't think I'd ever seen anyone as hot in my entire life. And you I mean sweaty, like, I presume. <laughs> you can only mean sweaty. <laughs> like I said, you now <laughs> in swimwear. Um, but you could pull, I was like, wow. And um, you just came in with this just effervescent personality, which I fell in love with. Um, and then I guess we've just been... Yeah, you've tried no. so hard to get rid of me ever since, but I keep on turning up. I'm like, hello, well, if you weren't so goddamn Do you want fun? to go and play? And you're like, back up, back up, woman. So you were living, you were living in Dublin, and then you were living in the uh, the UK, and then in the states, and now you're back in the UK, um, and you have three kids and a wonderful career. And uh, I robbed you as a mate 13 years ago, and here we are. Like, you know, the way you go through, I guess, different markers with your kids' ages. Does it feel like your family's at a different stage now? The kids are a different stage, even from two years ago like just does the teenager thing race very quickly oh it's bananas um firstly the your gorgeous lovely sweet child who says mommy I love you so much and you're the best thing in the whole <laughs> world and I, I n- never die mommy you're amazing because I love you so much and you're like oh I love you and then they go to bed and then when you open up the door in the morning there is this terrible rotting stench and it permeates out under the door but you still turn the door handle and open the door because you have to wake your beautiful lovely innocent child to send them to school wondering what's happened in this room and then this foul demonic mad creature has emerged uh, hormones have kicked in and with it is like how dare you wake me up die <laughs> you're like Oh, that was a change. So it's um, it's pretty fascinating. It almost happens overnight. Like it's it's quite funny. So now parenting is basically, mum, I need money. Mum, can you drop me somewhere? Mum, I'm hungry. And that's about it. Yeah, the feeding schedule I'd say is intense. I feel like it. I feel like it's intense even now with my with my lot. My um, cousin took my older two for a night recently, and her and her husband dropped them back, and they were like, "That was all grand, but like the most shocking thing was their eating schedule because it happened every forty minutes." Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. The great thing about the teenagers is though that they can sort themselves out to some degree, but it does mean that you go to the fridge and realize. There is only one baby bell left and only because you hid it. So there's like, you know, you're just wiped out. It's amazing. Do you have like to go well, shopping every 12 hours for food? No, I mean, pretty much, <laughs> pretty much. It's, and then, of course, they, they go on these TikTok-y things and um, Ridley will come up with some recipe that she's seen on TikTok. So she'll come home from school with an apple, 
a slice of um, cheese, um, a popsicle and uh, I don't know, like toenails. And somehow that's going to be her dinner. I'm like, mm, no. But, um, she's recycled. Still, These are recycled toenails, mom. Yeah. And she was like, mom, I saw it on TikTok. It's really cool. I'm like, eh, no. Um, but I let her make it. I just don't let her eat it. Yeah, but if she can, if she can make it, are you encouraging them to cook? Can, oh yeah, can they cook, cook away because you can cook. Listen, you know dinner's ready when the fire alarm's gone off, but I'm okay with that, and the kids are aware that's how it rolls. But um, but yeah, no, 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 the kids they 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 kind of just take over, and and they know more than you at this stage, obviously. Um, and the best way to stop them using slang, like really weird slang, is to say it yourself, and yeah. then they're like, oh my god, that word's dead now. Um, so, so if they're annoying you with one word, just keep saying that word back to them and then you'll kill it. Saying it and then <laughs> they'll never use it again. Or if they have their friends over and the friends are being rowdy, um, try to teach them how to do the running man or the, you know, the big box, little box dance yeah. moves from the nineties, or maybe the one where you push your hands to the sky and you go, daddy, don't hurt me. And they're so appalled, um, that they just go home. It's genius. That is amazing. So the yeah. way to get kids out of your house is try and just try and crack jokes and, and, Be and do the dance. The most moves. embarrassing parent <laughs> on planet Earth. And That's amazing hack yeah. for when my my kids are. I mean, yeah. just need, you need everybody out. Super uh, fun. Are they? Do they want? But you're a good crack. So I'd say you're you're probably good value for your for your kids' friends. Or is everything just embarrassing? No matter what you do. No, it's good age. crack. It's good crack. Sometimes they fall apart and there's boy troubles we have to talk through and have to try not to raise my eyebrows and say something deeply cynical. But um, invariably, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're lovely. They're lovely kids. And then when it gets too much, that's when you pull out your running man moves and maybe I'm, like <laughs> Ice Ice Baby or something and show them what you I'm just going to use that no, as a life tool. Yeah. <laughs> a life tool go anywhere just going, it's time to wrap this up, folks. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I was actually thinking about that this morning about uh, like advice that you give your kids, right? Because it's all like all of these things, like it's easier to kind of have these big thoughts on life when, you know, you're looking back on, <laughs> not that we're that old, Vicky, we're incredibly young. You know, when you have a certain amount of li- life experience, not to be, not to kind of be, oh, come on, like this is only a small thing. Like how, because I feel like that's going to start to happen a bit more with my kids where they are going to have to deal with the, like, you know, with friendships kind of, you know, being on the rocks and all that kind of stuff or boy trouble and stuff, girl trouble, whichever it is. And um, like, it's a kind of easy to kind of be reductive about it and go, oh yeah, sure, we've all been there. Or, or how much much time do you give to these they're big they're because they're huge problems in their world it's like god I'm gonna have to have to think about that one so if you could just tell me if you could just do well I mean I don't know if I'm getting it right but I tend to just I I think all you can do in any of those situations is just listen Mm. um and I'll say to them I said do you want your best friend version your mummy version or the magazine version and they were like okay give me the mum version and then you'll say look it sucks now Mm. And I know that and I know it's rubbish, but would you treat somebody else like that? And they go, oh, no. I'm like, "Okay, well, why are you putting up with it? Oh, okay." But then they go, well, what's the best friend version? I said, well, the best friend version is he's a scumbag. You're rest. (laughs) Get rid of him. You're the bomb. Go you. Go you. And then, you know, um, run everybody down. But I said, you know, you've got to remember they're going through their own teenage hell, too. Um, so it's just, you know, the, the, your dysfunction has to match their dysfunction for you to have a fun time. But yeah. if they're in a, you know, in a darker place um, than you are, well, what you're going to get is they don't like me anymore. But really what it is, is they're going, I don't like me anymore. Um, and it's just, you know, it's blips of time. 
This too shall pass. Okay, are you available for to be my mum? <laughs> <laughs> Vicky, someone's being mean. Amazing. <laughs> but did you did you did you always want to be a mum? No, no, no. I never wanted to be married and I never wanted to be a mum. It never was something that I thought um I had any intention of because I was going to be far too cool. Um, now if you'd seen me uh, with my big old hair and my spots not terribly cool but that's what I was aiming for Um, um, but no it never really occurred to me and then suddenly you're like that's all I want right now yeah please make it happen and it did and I'm really 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 glad they're brilliant don't tell them I told you that they're brilliant <laughs> don't do they're, not we are, we are do not that. cool enough for them to don't listen to this don't give them the satisfaction <laughs> of knowing they're brilliant um, but do, so when you it, it's funny because I, I for me it was always something that I thought would happen in the distance but I'm I'm bad for that because I think that about most things like big life changing things until you're in a stage where you're going if this should probably happen now like I can't I can't push that out to 65 but um, <laughs> I, I got I, I had a weird disconnect from probably being a kid and going yeah I definitely want kids when I'm older and then ne- like finding it hard to get to that place where it was going to be where it was actually going to happen and then they're here like, like that as well and I'm like I'm so glad that that I have my kids. But it was like that as well. It wasn't a yearning or even when everyone was like, oh, I'm so broody, I'm so broody. I was like, what? I think I was, I think I was having too much fun. No, uh, me too. I d- it didn't occur to me until it occurred and was, I'm sort of like, it's kind of an all or nothing situation. No, 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 no. 100% yes. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. there's absolutely no bridge between the two. And um, yeah, that's just kind of, I think, how it goes. I think it, a lot of the time you can think yourself out of life like you can overanalyze things into oblivion and then you say no to everything because you've already analyzed the fear factor what can go wrong and the older you get in many ways the the more um the more you see the opportunities for things failing or going wrong or the pitfalls whereas when you're younger you've just got that kind of blind confidence of forward motion let's just see what happens and I, you know, I'm, I'm very keen and I hope to always maintain that kind of, I suppose, idiotic, youthful kind of mindset so that I don't stop myself because what if this, what if that, what if the other, um, because then you just stop kind of trying and you stop and, you know, failure comes with trying sometimes, but then the ultimate failure is not trying, I think. Well, I can't imagine you're ever going to lose that or you're not going to be Vicky, because um, apart from your amazing red dress that I first saw you in, it was, like I said, (laughs) it was your personality. (laughs) Yeah, right. You just wanted my dress, honey. I understand. This is like wardrobe envy. Um, I, I, I that's what I, I I love about you is your, your um, zest for life is infectious in the most fabulous way and you're such a cheerleader of do you know what of everyone else but I think it's okay to be a cheerleader of, in your own life as well and I mean that in a way that where you don't have to be like going go at me I'm like great but at least you, you're going to cheer yourself on in, in trying and listen we're both actors we know what that is like to try hard yeah, <laughs> and yeah. fail a lot and, and still get no thanks very much <laughs> 
<laughs> or sometimes they don't Anytime. even bother with it. Thanks very much. They're just like, next. <laughs> you wouldn't, might even get a reply. Beep, beep, beep. <laughs> um, but we've spoken a lot about just the, tr- about the trying. And I think as well, we've spoken a lot about doing that with a family and kind of not going, well, do you know what? Now that I have kids, I better just, you know, give up my dreams and just sit here and wait until uh, I die. Um, so I, I think that, that that's lovely. And I have to say, you've always been a real um, inspiration to me or whatever. <laughs> Genuinely though, Vicky, because I think you've got the, you've got such a lovely attitude of going, but like just you got to try it and have the life experience in between. Um, because I think it is easy to go, do you know what? It's too scary, and I better you know have this. I better have all everything organised and and the same and structured for my kids. And structure is great for kids, but then you kind of go, but my life, where's my life? Where's my life in it? And trying to find a, a balance of those two, I I. I feel you massively on that. And I really yeah. respect you you doing what you do and, and enjoying enjoying both. And listen, don't get me wrong. There's, you know, loads of moments of fear, loads of them. And during COVID, actually, in that um, there was, I think it was the second lockdown I found really hard. Like the first lockdown, it's sort of exciting. You're detailing the fish fingers. You're trying to find ways to entertain. Did you say detailing the fish fingers? Well, you know, you go, yeah, queue at the. (laughs) I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even bother going to the the supermarket. The queues were too long, so I'd go down. I thought that was a TikTok recipe. I was like, that's definitely not going to be gorgeous. No, that's not going to be good. That's in the (laughs) Trump drink bleach category. uh, but no, so, so you know, that when, when the first lockdown came, it, it was sort of in a weird kind of way exciting because you've got this new banana situation that you go, okay, we're going to get through the zombie apocalypse. Um, and then when the second one came, I found it really, really disheartening. I found it really lonely. I found it really hard to maintain the bubble of, ah, fuck it. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I, I, and I would take myself away privately and like hide in the garden when the kids had gone to bed and sometimes just cry going, I don't know how to get us through this um, because I just found it terribly frustrating. So there's there's tons of moments of fear um, and thank God for, you know, that likes yourselves and your best girlfriends who just turn around and go, um, you know, shut up now. And um, <laughs> Thanks for painting me that way. Shut up, Vicky. Shut up, Vic. Shut up. <laughs> Uh, or, you know, just leaving each other silly messages so that yeah. you know that, you know, just something to put some bubble in your day. And um, but it, it got it got really it got really lonely. It got really tough. And you sort of uh, so, you know, I'm not kind of saying, oh, I bounce around life all day long and no, I'm of course brilliant. Not. not at all. But I think that what I learned to do to how I got myself out of that um, deeply indulgent wallow um, was I just kept saying, well, what would what would I what would I say to my my best mucker? What would I say to, and started talking to myself like that and it kind of got me out of doom and gloom and we're never leaving the house ever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the only thing that kind of kept me from going completely. Well, when you're bananas. a bouncy person and then you've got three little people kind of, you know, relying on you for moral support that is that you got to dig deep for that when you don't really feel it yourself as well and that's, that is re- that's really difficult. Did your kids see you sad and worried in it or do you kind of have to protect them? Personally, I'm not of the belief that your kids have to see you as um, the uh, omni-solid rock of a parent and I'm going to put myself on a massive pedestal and I'm very much of the belief that I'm a person too, dudes. Yeah. And um, not often, but every now and again, I will go quiet and yeah. or I might sit down and 
and they might go, oh, she's crying. I'm like, yeah, but you know, I'm just, you know, instead of having the stress in my body, just wet stuff's going to come out of my eyes and they'll go and they'll come and give me a hug, but it's no big deal. And so, um, it's just, I suppose I don't want to, I don't want to set them up to think being a woman or a mum is being, um, without failure, without pain, without, um, fear it is, you know, cause those are the tenets of being a human being. Like if you're going to feel extreme joy, chances are every now and again, you're going to feel extreme pain and they come, but they pass and there's no point ignoring it. There's no point pushing it down. You have to just, because it'll just come back and bite you on the arse later. Um, you might as well just let it wash through you. And so they see that and they're allowed to do that. And, um, uh, uh, cause I'm not scared. I'm not scared of, um, emotion, like just, okay, let it through and there it's gone. And now you move on to the next one, but they're just not letting wallow in it. Uh, because that's where you get yourself a bit stuck. I think is when yeah. you're just like, I just want to feel extreme teenage angst. I'm like, well, feel it now shift mm. on to the next one. And that's good. So you're not afraid, as you say, not, not, a, not afraid of emotions because you don't want to remember when you were a kid and you're like, I don't want to upset my mom or see my mom upset. But actually, the more we can, and it's probably just a different generation. And a yeah, different it's all generational. We live in now where you just go, it's OK to be sad. And that's so true. Imagine like imagine if your kids never thought you were ever upset and then you did have a massive life upset. That, that would be so worrying if they were like, oh, my God, she's, yeah. she's broken. She's well, broken. Well, the reality is, is everybody comes off the pedestal at some point, like because you can't. You can't facilitate a life where you go, everything I do is perfect. Everything I say is right. Blah, blah. It's just, it's not human. It's just the not human. Yeah. So I just thought, well, I don't want to pretend that I'm, I know everything. If I yeah. don't know, let's ask questions and find out. Um, I, you know, I can't tell you that uh, I don't feel sad sometimes because sometimes I do and that's okay. It's just not the predominant emotion. Yeah, that's a lovely way to put it. And it's also exhausting to pretend you're grand all the time. Good night. Good oh, luck to that. I, I know well, we're good actors, but like that's that's a, that's that's too much of a job. Yeah. And also <laughs> we're not I'm, getting paid I'm, for. <laughs> I'm also half the time, you know, half the time if you're pretending to be fine all the time, who are you doing that for? You're doing it for no. everybody around you. And I'm like, I can't be arsed. I mean, I mean that with 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 love. It's just like, well, you know, I can't spend my entire day worrying about everybody outside my family because, you know, they're number one. Yeah, 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 totally. And also so that they know that you can emote and that, you, as you say, the emotions come and go, you deal with them, you let them out. I like that. So you're not internalising them. I love a good cry as well. Love oh, good cry. love Obsessed it. with it. Yeah. This is stuff we're literally paid for sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, but the only thing is, is I do, I do find myself saying to the kids, if I do cry, oh, I do hate crying for free kids. I do hate crying for free. <laughs> <laughs> I remember you saying that in the after one year, I was like, boom. Boom, <laughs> comedy, comedy gold. <laughs> I don't like crying unless I'm getting paid for it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, listen, I think, and and then as well, I think you're showing your kids that it's okay, that they don't always have to be strong and hold in emotions that uh, that we're allowed. We're allowed our emotions too. Um, but Is yes, that making that, me sound really American? No, it's not. I'm the one putting on an American accent for no reason, which I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> it's like, it's like you're casting director and I'm trying to get a gig. Vicky, look at all the accents I can do. Uh, <laughs> go Liverpool, go. <laughs> I 
no, no, don't go. I did an audition once. It was so embarrassing. Sometimes I think, do you ever think of some of those auditions? You're like, oh God, that happened in real life. I remember I went over, I went to, actually, I actually think I went to, went to Belfast and it was for an RP accent to receive pronunciation. We're, we're used to this. And then I went up there and they're like, eh, actually, do you know what? Could you, could you do it um, more uh, kind of Midlands oh, England? Oh God. <laughs> no, I'm, and I was I'm, like, I'm literally, my stomach has just sank into the floor. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I was like, where? And they're like, um, and they literally pulled out. They're like, Birmingham. Um, no, no, I wouldn't even. It was somewhere even. They're like, um, um, could you, uh, I don't know, Wolverhampton. And I was like, <laughs> 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 it's going. Oh Sorry, I grew up in Cabin Teeley. Or are you telling me that you could do an accent from, I don't know, like Dunleary? And I, I, I tried, I was like, oh, can I, um, my dad's from the East End of London. I was like, maybe I'll go, well, I go, if they want kind of a different take on it, maybe I'll go East End. And they're like, oh, oh yeah, you could do that. And then I was like, God, I've done Manchester a few times. <laughs> so that was all that was in my head. It's like, Wolverhampton, Manchester and London. And I went back in and went, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I just did a full Australian accent and they're like, okay, cool, we'll call you. Bye. Yeah. Beep, beep, beep. Anyway, I don't even know. But yeah, sometimes I have those, those uh, flashbacks to auditions that went horribly wrong. You're like, ah! I mean, they sting. They sting. And then you move, you move on. It's like life stuff, isn't it? You, you just go, well, that happened. We'll have a cry in the train on the way home and then we'll move on from that. Remember telling your kids not to play with their food? Well, you might have to eat your words. Because Aldi has teamed up with Irish Rugby for the Play With Your Food competition to help kids enjoy their fruit and vegetables. Encourage your kids to create fresh fruit and veg masterpieces and share them on Aldi's social channels with hashtag Aldi Play With Your Food. For a chance to win great Irish rugby prizes, join in at aldi.ie. Aldi, official fresh food partner of Irish Rugby. I had an audition where it was shortly after um, I'd had Ridley, I think, and I hadn't realised, hadn't thought it through. I, uh, um, this is a mummy story. I, Go on, I love um, it. That's had, what we're here for. Um, I'd organised for babies to be minded because I was racing off to the BBC for a quick audition. So took Aer Lingus, landed, got on the um, Paddington Express got to the BBC. I'd put on my "Ooh, I'm Irish" green um, silk shirt and my jeans, and they just about closed around my stomach. And I'm like, "Win! I've got this. I'm nailing life." And I get into the BBC, and I'm getting my little lanyard. And this woman looks at me and uh, has a. <gasps> I thought, "Oh, what's happening?" I realised that both my breasts had leaked to such an astonishing degree oh, on my lovely green silk shirt. And then I had to go in and be, I can't even remember what I was, a judge or a cop or someone very official, someone who would wear a green silk shirt and position my elbows over my sore and leaking boobs to cover the mess. And they are, I think because my hands were flapping like penguins, trying to emote with my elbows stuck to my nipples. <laughs> Weirdly, I didn't get the job. There like, she's, she's milking this audition. What a bunch. Listen, here for crap gags at all times. <laughs> um, and you had only one green silk shirt. It was like you were just a re- like a weeping poster for I Irish was, Irish tourism. I was, I was the opposite. <laughs> it was just shocking. But yeah, so I get it. Bad auditions, done tons of them. Exactly, but I think the more you do those, and especially the ones when when you've had just had kids, and you're trying to um, literally squeeze, literally squeeze that tiny bit of time and make it work, and learn your lines, and do all those kind of stuff. In in early lockdown last year, I was doing tapes with Brian, um, and trying to record takes in between the baby going and the dog going, and uh, like because <laughs> everyone was in the same room. 
I was like, this is so intense. So like, I, I don't know, that worked for, that probably worked for like the intensity acting roles, but then comedy probably was like just me sweating and probably leaking and crying and weeping. All sorts. You have everything there. Super fun. What would you say to new mum Vic now, if you were to, kind of, when you look back at yourself, or do you kind of go, do you know what, you were doing your best at that stage? Or would you just go, it's all going to be, it's all, it will all be okay? Um, I would have probably said, um, put down the book. No book, no book yeah. you can read is really going to tell you how to do it. Put down yeah. the book and just the kid will tell you what it needs. You're going to be fine. Yeah. Um, I think that's what I would say to myself. Just relax. It's, they're fine. You can't break them. Yeah. As easily as you think you can break them and stop trying to do a thousand things. Just maybe do two. Yeah. Keep yourself and the child alive. There you go. There's two things done. <laughs> done and bed and do the same tomorrow. Did yeah. you read lo- Did you read loads of books going into um, motherhood? Well, with my kind of slightly goldfish brain, I read the first chapter of a lot of books. Just went, oh, geez, oh what do I... Oh. My mum gave me a book that the opening page was, do not hold the baby by its feet. <laughs> it's like, okay, <laughs> she's not expecting a lot of me. <laughs> <laughs> God, that's brilliant. That's the kind of book I want to start at because then I would feel like I was doing a lot right. Yeah, because like, there's so many of them. Nailed <laughs> it. Didn't hold it by its feet. Cool. I am an amazing mum. I have never, <laughs> literally never done that. <laughs> but I remember there was, do you remember, um, was it the what to expect in the first year? I remember I was, I was like, I was already on month five. I think my daughter was five months. I was like, oh, Jesus. And I was trying to speed read through through the uh, the first five months, like the chapters of the five months. Yeah. And it was all the tummy time stuff. And I was like, have I done enough tummy time? And it, I just got so overwhelmed with going, I haven't done enough. It was, uh, and she was not a sleeper. So I'd say we had spent five hours trying to get her to sleep. And oh. I went downstairs. I was like, get her up, get her on her tummy. It was like like, (laughs) two in the morning. I was like, please don't wake that baby. (laughs) But again, it was like, this is not, this is not helping me. Yeah, I think you'll kind of, well, listen, each of their own. If somebody wants to read all the books, go for it. It was not for me because I I think I would just then end up worrying that I wasn't doing all the stuff. Um, What are the parts of motherhood that have surprised you in a, in a good way, in a nice way, like that you were probably warned about and then you go, do you know what I've, that, that, that is not as bad. And I think I have a handle on it most times. Uh, the bit about motherhood that I wasn't expecting was how fun they are, um, because you hear all the you hear all the dramas and you're not going to sleep and blah 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 and your nipples are going to and this and that and oh, and it's all kind of doom and gloom. Um, but you you um, you don't realise how much crack they are and how funny. Like we've got a rule in the house if um, when they hit teenage that I said, look, you're going to get cross, you're going to get angry, you're going to say things, you're going to think things and feel things that are really gross. And, um, and that's okay as long as you end up with comedy. Mm. So Evie can say the most appalling things to me sometimes when she's really, really cross and she always ends with a gag. And so we end up sitting on the floor laughing our heads off. Like just for, for example, I've got, I've got some pretty questionable, um, clothing taste. And one of my favorite things to wear around the house is a green set of dungarees. I love them with all my heart. I I'm really there. do. They're the comfiest things <laughs> I own and I will never part with them. And I think I told Evie she couldn't go and do something or do or something. She was pushing the boundaries. I said, no. And she starts saying, you're the worst and blah, 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 blah. And you look like an oversized leprechaun toddler. And I just thought, yeah, you're right. I do. <laughs> 
I know, I this is do. absolutely genius. Yeah. Apart from your genius, look. So you end a gag, you end a, an argument on a gag. I have Always. to rob that. Always. I have to rob Always. that. I said, you can say what you like as long as towards the end you can twist it to something funny. I feel like this is a life hack that I'm going to use for, well, it might not work so well if I don't know very well. <laughs> Yeah, giant <laughs> leprechaun toddler. <laughs> uh, what? Uh, but in many ways, like sometimes, you know, sometimes it kind of bites you in the butt, doesn't it? Because, um, you know, the way in in many ways, sort of like Evie with her her um, macular dystrophy, sometimes you find, you know, you have to go to comedy. So it gives her a coping strategy. Is it used too much sometimes? Probably. But um, it just gives, you know, a, a way to talk about things that are mucky. Um, how old is Evie and how long has she when was she diagnosed with, with uh, she's her diagnosed condition? She's 12 she's now 17 and wow. um, Ridley is 14 nearly 15 mm-hmm. and uh, yeah Flynn is 13 and a half so they're but they all know they all know how to turn something horrific into great gags so that is a life hack I give that to you that is my gift I, to you. I, I'm taking it because I, I feel like I would go on the opposite ends of the spectrum where it would be like an argument and then, you know, having the crack. But I think if you just, if you if you tack on a gag to the end of something, you can't really be cross with somebody, really. Unless they do go, if, I mean, it depends how much you love those dungarees. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Nana's again is like, the, the, I mean, that was just oh, no. like horrendously she harsh. absolutely <laughs> right, by the way. She's 100% right. I'm not fighting that. But you do, listen, I will always say it, to bring levity, absolutely, I would advocate for that if you, if it's, if it helps and if it helps kind of um, to process your emotions and process the hard stuff, I, uh, you know, and I, I know it's not always possible. But it's also really, really handy to get, um, embarrassment's a great way to get them to do what you want. So there was a time where we were in Santa Monica and they were all, I brought them all to school and um, they ganged up in the back of the car and they decided they were not going to school. They just had decided, I didn't know, I get out of the car. It's a beautiful sunny day. We're in t-shirts and shorts. All the moms and dads are like clicking around the place, all like fabulous. And I um, get out of the car and I'm like, lads, uh, school. They're like, nope. They're like, nope. Lads, you got to go to school. Nope, we're not going. We're not going. I was like, okay, all right. Well, I'm going. And they said, what do you mean you're going? I'm going to go to school. I'm going to walk towards the school. Every step I, I every step I take, I'm going to be taking my t-shirt off slowly because I'm super hot in all this sunshine. They're like, you, you won't dare. You've got. And I'm like, just watch me. And I took probably about six steps, and my t-shirt was just by my bra line. They were out of the car so fast. Like we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going, we're going. I'm like. You're welcome. So this is quick thinking. You think you are you are thinking mom on your feet. I don't know. <laughs> I just go home and go, oh God, I should have walked in and taken my clothes off. <laughs> Who thinks like that? Like it's bananas and I'm aware it's bananas, but I was like, That's great. I have to embarrass them into going to school. <laughs> Perfect. And well, uh, listen, they're not going to do that again. Oh, no. gang up on you in the car. Jenny, you'll have them told. Um, what are the bits that undo you yeah you're, you're only really as happy as your your least happy kid I think because you're so aware and what what's what's tricky I think as they get older is just that sense of they want do you know what it is it's a bit like you know men are from Mars women are from Venus where a woman goes to her fellow and she goes Kathy was a complete cow there was no milk in the blah 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 blah, blah whatever whatever the complaints are and the man goes well go get your milk somewhere else well, don't pick up the phone from Kathy, and they come with some logical answer that answers your dilemmas. And you go, 
I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen, you muppet. Yeah. So because we know how to fix it. And with teenagers, sometimes it's it's um, it's not that dissimilar. They might come to you with stuff and they don't necessarily because nothing irritates um, them more than me going, well, if you did, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, and I thought, well, maybe it's that, man, you know, Mars Venus thing, but within mums and teenagers, because, you know, the mum factor where you're telling them, well, I've lived a long life and I know what's right, but they've got to work it out themselves. So... Um, I just spend more of my time sort of listening and trying really hard not to say to them, mm, and there's really obvious, it's right in front of you, um, and let them kind of get there. And then they've got pride in the fact that they got there. Does that make sense? It's yeah. a bit like there's no point doing their homework for them because then they just go, well, well done, mum, you got 10 out of 10. Or in yeah. my case, it would probably be four. Well, all of those things, I often think like even, you know, the little worries that they do have about, you know, friends and homework and exams and, and tests and everything. I think as as hard as it is, as you say there, they've got, they have to process those emotions because I think if you went through, well, if you did go through your whole childhood and teenage life without ever having to figure that stuff out, then I, d- I don't know where, what kind of an adult you'd be. I, d- I don't know where you well, get to. that's it. And, and I think nowadays the kids are so scheduled and they're so, there's, there's constant information available. There's constant you know, buzzing happening around in every screen or road or friends or whatever happening constantly. They don't have, there has to be a time where you pick up your hairbrush and you sing, nothing compares to you into the mirror, realizing that you're, you know, uh, you're not Prince. But it is, it's just that, that downtime for the teenage brain to just create and find ways through. I think, I personally think it's really important that they get that time. Just, you know, figure stuff out and um, feel angst and make a mess of their rooms and and then come out having figured something out. Is that is that something actually, because there's so much distraction and their lives are so busy in a different way than ours were probably at that time? Because um, I often feel it and I've never really thought about the kids because I'm really selfish. <laughs> but in relation Shut to me... Up. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? I was like, God, I miss, I was saying it recently, I miss that um, time to daydream. I miss that kind of, uh, you know, with the way it's been in the last two years that you're not not travelling as much or not out and about, like a commute to go and meet somebody where your your mind wanders. Yeah. And, I, and I've thought that for myself, but I haven't really thought about it for, I guess, because I don't have teenagers yet. But I know what you mean, that other time, the, t- the filler time in beneath, which or in between, which is really important probably for all of our brains that it's not you know constant stimulation constant yeah. all of this stuff jam pack jam pack school school so I felt sorry for kids teenage kids on Zoom calls and I know it was just the way it was for nine hours there's not the kind of walk into different classes it, that's all that stuff I think is so important yeah, for your brain to the social, the social interaction bit was just gone which is such a shame but yeah I think yeah. they have to get bored yeah what do you hope your kids get from you and don't get from you Ooh, um, I hope, oh, oh, so many things I don't want them to get. Um, <laughs> I hope they get from me the understanding that everybody is a friend until they're a foe. Mm. Um, and unless they become a foe, I hope they get from me how to use a knife and fork correctly. <laughs> Would be super nice. Don't hold anyone by the feet, mostly. Mostly that. <laughs> Uh, but that's probably about it. <laughs> that's a, I, I think, think that, you've got it that's covered. My, that's my main input in life. <laughs> I think you're doing a great job. If you put those three points, I think you've covered a lot. And that oh, stuff is important. You don't want anyone eating off their knife when they're out and about. They'd be like, "Who was that person raised by?" Yeah. So I think <laughs> I think you've covered off a lot there. 
Um, what do you hope they? What do you hope they don't get? get? I hope they don't get your your um, green dungarees. Yes, I hope they don't get my green. I hope they don't want to be a. And the acting world. I really do. Really? Yeah, I really do. That doesn't look like they do. I think they've seen my life and gone, mm, no, thank you. <laughs> We're going to rebel against that. I and never become actors. No, no. <laughs> I might become an accountant. Please do. Please become an accountant. Just hopefully they just do what they want to do. But I'd love it if they weren't in this business because it's... Do any of them do yourself tapes? My kids are too young. I can't do child labour. I can't make them do that yet. Oh, no, Evie does. And does she's she? brilliant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's brilliant. So she could be an actor. Oh, oh. Actually, Flynn's done my self-tapes when I needed a boy's, well, a man's voice. Really? He was fantastic. Don't tell him really? I said that. Oh, no, don't, don't tell, tell any of that. The guys, sh- don't listen to this. You're, you're not good actors. They're never going to listen to anything I do, for goodness <laughs> sake. I'm exactly safe. Now. Just start taking off your clothes. That yeah. sounds weird. <laughs> so, so don't listen to that. <laughs> Uh, context, context. Um, what do, does it make you look at your own relationship with your mum differently, or do you just go, "Look, that was a different time. We're all different people, and this is the way I am dealing with motherhood." Yeah, I think so. I think it is just a different time, and also I've got three, so I'm just I'm I've got that one extra that turns, as you know, it's suddenly you're in carnage because you've got two hands. And you can, you can, I, I used to spend my time at the playground going, going, there's number one, there's number two, where the hell is number three? Where the hell, they didn't even have names. One, two, three, one, three, where's two? Two. Okay. So, you know, it's, uh, um, so yeah, no, it's, it's just different, different times. And mm. uh, she's a fab granny. She was a fab mum, but she's a fab granny too. I know that it's something that everybody discusses, but but mum guilt. Do you do you feel less of it now? I feel like I do a tiny bit, but having said that, I haven't really left my house in two years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mum guilt comes um, uh, sporadically, but it's less because you know that they can function themselves by themselves. Uh, mm. I mean, not I don't need them by themselves, but I can do. And they can, they you know, uh, they can make popcorn. They can make spaghetti bolognese. They know not to answer the door, and uh, if they need to, they know all the neighbours next door. So I'm like, you're fine, mm, you're good. And also with our job, it's sometimes really intense for a time, and then you're around loads. So I think loads. that they get used to that kind of thing of going. Do you know what? It's a busy few weeks, but then I'm all yours in on in, you know by Thursday yeah. week or something, and they kind of get they they're okay with that now. Um, have your kids seen you in anything? I think Evie is a fan of. You're Cruella. Uh, yeah. Um, and I was very cool for a Harry Heartbeat uh, doing Cruella for Ridley's age group at the time. Evie just actually texted me at Christmas going, I've just watched about a boy. Mum, you were <gasps> young. This is really weird. <laughs> you, hang on, you had a life before Rude. us. <laughs> uh, so, so that and how was, was that for her? Was she, was she, what did she say? She just said it was weird. And I'm like, yeah. And All she was, said is basically that you've gotten older. That is not the yeah. that is not the feedback. But, but, but to be fair, she said, "Oh, you're really good." So that's sweet. Uh, but bless her. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's arbitrary to them. They don't care. Whatever. I bet you they do care. And actually, the older they get, I think they I think it's so lovely to have that as a time capsule of their mum and just go. That's not kind of amazing that that you know. And this you've got you have such a rich CV of all the stuff that you've done. So tell us what you're doing at the moment because you are you're busy you're busy writing yourself. You're busy acting and. And you've optioned rights for stuff that you're going to produce yourself. You're like a one-woman ledge bag in green dungarees. Uh, the toddler leprechaun. <laughs> that might you could do anything name. in those toddler pants. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I've just finished. I did Tinkertown for um, CBS. That's coming out, I don't know when. Um, 80 Days Around the World came out. It's on BBC iPlayer. Um, 
an episode of that. Deadly Cuts is on Netflix. I think that got to number one over there, which is fantastic. Fantastic. And it's doing well here. It's being released in the US and South Africa and all sorts of places. I think for St. Patrick's Day. Um, so that's cool. That's gone really well. And that was so fun to shoot. It was just so fun. And this was pre-COVID. Like this is when we'd never heard the word COVID. We'd never heard of PPE. We'd never heard of sanitizer. So, so it was, it was, um, it was amazingly fun. I mean, it was just great crack to do. And loads of fabulous women involved in that. Unbelievably fabulous when we laughed all day long. And it's really nice to be on a set where it's predominantly birds and just great crack because everybody yeah. understands each other. So Vic, w- with, with planning, right? With, like when you're on a shoot, do you, are you super, super duper planned to leave, to go to shoot? Because you've been shooting around the world. Do you kind of have to go, right, here's the setup. I'm gone for like three, four weeks. Um, do you have to, like, do you batch cook? Or have they got their TikTok recipes? What, <laughs> what, what happens? Or is it just, you just get used to just going, this is the way it is? Or how, how do you find that hard to manage or just something that you're used to now? Well, I've got, I, I'm lucky I've got someone who comes stays in the house when I'm gone or they're yeah. with their dad and I'll be sending Amazon shops. I'll be on set in full hoop skirts and poodle wigs. <laughs> going, oh, more milk and they're going to need butter yeah. and they're going to need, oh, oh, yogurts. And I'm literally doing an Amazon shop in full period costume in South Africa for to arrive. So that's that's how I manage. And then I watch my um, account go, oh, they've done Deliveroo again. For <laughs> God's sake, there's food in the fridge. So um, that's usually how that rolls. Um, and, and they're, you know, they're, they're used to it and I think they quite they quite enjoy it. Um, cause then it's a treat when I come back and they actually like my food again, yes. uh, which is nice. Um, so that's kind of, but it changes as the, as at the different age brackets, you know, I, when I did Dracula, I used to fly 19 hours door to door to be able to go in, to make them dinner, to put them to bed, to make the breakfast and then go back again. I remember your schedule on that. That was insane. That was bananas. I don't have to do that now because they're, they're, you know, they're grown and fabulous. So I don't, and so, and that is also less mummy guilt, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But um, like I'm off, I'm I'm going to, I'm actually shooting in, in your country there, Miss Huberman. In our um, country. In, Back up. Welcome. In, um, a week or so. So it'll be the same. I'll just be yeah. ordering the Amazons and doing the things from um, from there. Does Aldi have an online thing that sends it to London? Because if so, I'll do that too. Or They're instead. on delivery now. So that's what they should be. That's what they should be uh, sending over to your house. Not getting... I don't know, not ordering from the local sushi place. Yeah, <laughs> there them, we go. Just send them a pint of milk and a slice pan. Yeah, I'm <laughs> never happier, never happier. <laughs> well, if Evie wants, was it Evie or Ridley who wanted her, their apple and their recycled toenails? That's Ridley, like that. yeah, that's yeah. Ridley. Then I'm sure, I'm sure you can get that. So your quick fire round, who would be your celeb mum and dad? Ooh, um, if, I, if my mum and dad were celebs? Yes. Oh, ooh, who would I want? Ooh, I'd want... Thor and his little puppet wife so that I could just look at him. Is that inappropriate? That's really Freudian, I think. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, no, he's my dad. So- that's weird. Okay. Oh yeah, that's super weird. But okay, my celeb mum and dad that I'd want to hang out with. Can I get Jeff Goldblum as my dad? Nice. Because yes. that's super weird. Because you um, fancy him as And well. Amy Poehler as my mum. Good parents. Okay. Great selection. Excellent. Um... What would you would you what would you apologize to your own parents for? Or would you at this stage? I have apologized to my mother from the moment I gave birth to my first child. <laughs> I've apologized repeatedly. She goes, "You are going to have exactly what I had," and she's having great fun now because yes, I am. 
Turns out she was right. Moms are right. Um, would you rather have another child now oh, or... God. Oh, God. <laughs> Whatever the other option is. <laughs> You've got to be joking me. Holy... No. I love them. I've had an ample sufficiency. No. There is no either or then on that. I just no. love throwing that in because it's, it's, it, you can see it in people's faces going, don't even shut up. Yeah, Let's shut this down. How about no? <laughs> <laughs> Never. Oh, and uh, sorry. So Valentine's, would you be working? I might be filming. I don't know. But my fella's more likely to forget it's Valentine's Day in the nicest possible way because he's just not fussed by that stuff at all. And neither am I. I really don't care. Valentine's Day really is, bit, uh, is yeah. always a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah. I just don't. I just don't <laughs> care. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Um, uh, but... Um, yeah, I, I just hope to be able to be in the same like room as him would be nice, I suppose. That's all you could hope. That's that's a beautiful yeah. wish. That's a beautiful yeah. wish. And that's what I wish for you. Um so happy Valentine's Day, Vic. And happy I love you and Happy Valentine's Day. And a happy Valentine's Day. Because I here's Much to our next important. hangout. Yeah, yeah, way important. Um so I will hopefully get to see you soon. And thanks so much. Love you, miss love you. Love you. Bye. Stay fabulous. Bye bye. 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 Since recording this episode, Vicky's mum has very sadly passed away and as this is all about motherhood, we would like to dedicate this episode to Vicky and her mum, Caroline, and say that they are both very much in our thoughts. Thank you so much to Vicky for taking the time to chat to us and impart all of her wisdom and uh, happy Valentine's Day to Vicky and to you and to me. Or if it's Valentine's Day, if you're hanging out with your girls, um, just uh, happy Valentine's Day and I hope in all of it that you love yourself. Remember when people say, God, your one loves yourself? Wouldn't that be great if we actually did show ourselves a bit of love? I'm just going to end on that one. Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, and a Valentine's present to us would be to like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about the podcast. Thanks so much. Better than flowers. But if you want to go to flowers, you can go to Aldi for that as well. And if you have any comments or you want to find out more, go to aldi.ie forward slash mamia. Bye. Aldi has everything for new babies and toddlers. No surprises then that our Mamiya range romped home, or rompered home, with 17 wins at the National Parenting Product Awards, including goals for Mamiya Newborn Nappies Size 1, Mamiya Air System Nappies Size 6 Plus, and Mamiya Nappy Sacks, making Aldi the most awarded retailer at the awards. So, for mums and dads everywhere, honestly, we couldn't be nappier. Aldi, every day amazing.